1: Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel
2: Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. How's it going, Des? Good. It's hot. It's, it's hot, hot as fuck. Did you guys know? It's very hot in LA. <laughs> um, I don't think we've posted a picture of the temperature. Have you?
1: Uh, No, no. I don't think I have either. But it was 100, 100 110
2: plus. degrees this week. This I week. think it was even higher. In like the valley. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyways, it's not that bad right now. We just had some
1: frozen treat. Oh, my God. I'm fucking schwitzing. Researching this episode was so intense because not only did the subject matter fucking enrage me, but also I was delirious from the heat because I don't have AC in my apartment. Right.
2: So. It was extra intense. Okay.
1: Yeah. It was a lot. Um, I'm just trying to collect my thoughts right now, which I probably should have done in the car (laughs) when we were on the way back from ice cream. Yeah. So if you'd like to be a Patreon contributor, we have bonus content available for you guys. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash scene and you too can get your own show shout out. So I'm going to give a shout out to our latest contributors. This week we had Amy, Beth, Justin, Jerry, Matthew, Laura, Enrique, Maya, Alexia, Mary, Sarah, Donna, Claire, we had Robert, and that's
2: it. Oh, great. Thank you yeah, guys. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Also, um, I think we're going to pick our episodes for the poll. Yeah, we have week. to do so that. So if you want to vote in the poll for our anniversary episode topic, you can join our our friend group on Facebook. That's called Hollywood Crime Scene Friends, and we'll be putting a poll up where you can vote for that there. Right.
1: Okay, without further ado, let's talk about today's main story. We are talking about country music star and TV personality, Spade Cooley. Cool. No, this guy is not cool. (laughs) This guy is not Cooley. He's a fucking world-class asshole. Yeah. This guy, I've reported on a lot of assholes. Mm Mm-hmm. But this guy is really up there. Mm-hmm. This guy, for a lot of reasons, I was incensed the yeah. entire time I was researching this story. I'm
2: pre- kind of familiar with his story. But yeah. yeah.
1: It's I wild. Okay. Spade Cooley was born Donnell Clyde Cooley on December 17th, 1910 in Grand, Oklahoma. Young Clyde Cooley was one quarter Cherokee and he attended the Chemawa Indian Boarding School in Salem, Oregon. It was at this school that Clyde took after his musician father, John, and learned to play the violin and the cello. Soon, Clyde began accompanying his father to local hoedowns and dances to play the fiddle together, and he really took a knack to this fiddle. He was quite good at it. When Clyde was 18, he married a young Inuit girl named Annie, and they had a son together named John. It's said that Clyde earned the nickname Spade after winning a poker game in Modesto. Him and his father, they both liked to gamble. So Clyde did particularly well this one night and they nicknamed him Spade. So that's how we will be referring to him as he was known was Spade. In the early 30s, Spade and his wife Annie and their son moved to Los Angeles where he began playing in a band called the Sons of the Pioneers. Which sounds like a cult to me. Right. But it's not. It's not. Uh, this is the same band that would actually give Roy Rogers his big break. He okay. was like their breakout star. So. so this is like
2: this little weird kind of country music scene in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. And there was a scene. Right. Believe Because well, there not. were a lot of TV shows. Totally. country western stars. Uh-huh. Totally. Like the Howdy Doody show.
1: <laughs>
2: Does that count? I don't think so. Well, but my sure. dad was on the Howdy Doody show. As a kid? Yeah. Well, I don't know if that makes it more count. <laughs> <laughs> or count more. I
1: just wanted to <laughs> name drop Howdy Doody. Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, he looks country because he has freckles and
1: right. whatnot. I right. don't know. I don't okay. Judge. So Spade's dream was to be this big Western movie star because, you know, there were also a lot of Western movies. Right. and there big At that time. They were yeah. And like John Wayne and his dream was to be this movie star. And he ach- actually ended up being a stand-in for several films for Roy Rogers because apparently they looked they people thought they looked similar. So he was also a drunk much like his father John and in 1938 he was bar hopping in the valley at various western theme places with his friend Carl Cotner. Spade was all had already blown through his paycheck on booze. So he took two $20 bills from Carl and he stuffed them each into the cleavage of two sex workers who were at the bar. And then he went, that's for your tips. Everyone in the bar laughed. They thought that was hilarious, fucking hilarious that he's just like... Touch these women without their consent, mm-hmm. and you know, ha, ha 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 But this one dude in the bar did not find that hilarious. Oh. He, th- not that he thought it was sexist, he just was like, "That's not funny." <laughs>
2: right? Fuck- I was. That was my
1: joke. <laughs> that I was gonna do. He's like, "Fuck <laughs> you. Who are you?" Right. So this guy who didn't think it was funny, he was a big ass fucking cowboy. He wasn't amused, and he's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" So Spade marched right up to this guy ready to fight. And Spade is not anywhere near the stature of this man. He wasn't a tall... Spade was not a tall guy. No, he doesn't look good. he got his ass fucking kicked that night. Uh, And Spade gets his ass kicked a lot, actually. uh, Because he's a fucking... Yeah, good. Because he's a fucking drunk and obscene. In 1942, Spade won a contest hosted by DJ Al Jarvis to find the greatest swing band leader. And Spade was not obviously a big band swing musician. He was—he uh, won this contest, when, but he was dubbed the king of western swing. They had that little caveat. They're right. like, "Well, it's not swing music. It's not like swing swing music. Right. It's western swing music." His style was basically the countrified swing, right? I guess
2: if you want to call it that. It featured- I know the genre. It's more of a tempo, like it has the tempo you need to dance to it. Right. But it's not like a big band. It's fiddles Uh, and steel
1: guitars. And by the way, his music didn't even slap. I listened to it. It wasn't even good. What's
2: his big hit?
1: I'll get to that. Okay. But I'm just saying, I'm I'm not a fan of the music. Right. I just thought it was like, whatever. In 1943, Spade hired vocalist Tex Williams to front his band, and in 1945, they released, oh, their hit song, Shame on You. Ooh, Shame on you, Spade <laughs> Cooley. Shame on you, indeed. <laughs> Over the next two years, Spade and Tex would have six top ten singles together. According to Tex Williams, Spade would just hire and fire people all willy-nilly, and he attributes this behavior in part to his drinking. Like, he would just be like, fuck these people, I don't want them in a the bank, right. get them out of here. And then he would, like, hire some of them back. And
2: Yeah, alcoholics are pretty irrational. Yes, I, mean. <laughs> I can confirm that.
1: So Spade and his band ended up being featured in thirty-eight different Western films. A lot, like of, as a
2: band in the film, right? Kind of like, thing. and yeah. now
1: the fucking Spade Cooley band, right? And then they do a little number, number in the middle of the Western movie. In nineteen forty-five, Spade was arrested for rape, but he was acquitted. Oh. Yes. Uh, That's not even the craziest story in this. So that's just a a footnote just to show his character that he was arrested for rape in the 40s. What
2: was anything about it?
1: Desi, this could have been a two part episode. So I didn't (laughs) even bother looking into that. It is confirmed. There is um, arrest records, police records for it. So it's confirmed. I just am like, you know what? There is like we got to move on. We have to move on. (laughs) But he is a rapist. Any
2: other story, a rape would be their main thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Jesus. In 1946, Spade was auditioning girls to sing in his band. He hired 18-year-old Ella Mae Evans, who couldn't sing for shit, but he wanted to fuck her. So as old as time. We all know this story. Right. So she got the job. Uh, they also, you know, began to have an affair and he got her pregnant. Spade, of course, was still married to his wife, Annie. This was sort of his thing. He fucked around.
2: That's He fucked around a lot. That's
1: like what he did. He had no regard for whoever it was he was dating. And then he would just go fuck, fuck whoever. everybody on the side. He had no fucking regard for whoever it was. But he got her pregnant.
2: So So he gets this
1: woman he just hired, this young woman. He gets her pregnant like immediately after they start fucking. He's definitely
2: like the type of guy who's like, don't make me wear a condom, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It feels so much better. Yeah. It's like, okay. I promise I'll pull out. Oops. Sorry, I was drunk.
1: (laughs) During this time, Spade actually ended up racking up this gigantic medical bill for the 10 different abortions. <clears throat> but not just with her, with other women. With other women. Oh, so he was getting a lot of women pregnant. He was getting a lot of women pregnant. But I guess LMA was the one who he was like... like
2: "Does he have an abortion punch card?
1: <laughs> practically. <laughs> and this is back in the 40s. So, so this is an illegal procedure. They're all illegal abortions.
2: So he's paying a lot of money.
1: Probably. Right. Well, his manager, Bobby, this woman, she ended up paying in cash $5,000 for these 10 abortions. Wow. She was just like, Jesus, Spade. Like, throughout this whole story, his manager, Bobby, just her reaction to it most of the time is, Jesus, Spade. What have you gotten yourself into this time? Come on, their ass or their stomach. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) So meanwhile, Spade has been beating Annie, his wife, for years. Uh, He's not a good husband, as you can probably tell. And because he was friends with everybody at the LAPD, she knew that she would never be able to go to help.
2: Why was he friends with them?
1: He would play concerts for them and do like their benefit shows. So he kind
2: of ingratiated himself with law enforcement. Oh, yeah. Which is actually pretty smart for him to do. (laughs) Someone like him.
1: Right. I mean. And they didn't care. They all looked the other way. Oh, right. It's Uh, that period. Well, come on. It's this period, too. I mean.
2: No, no, no. Things are different now. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Things are very different with the law enforcement now. Okay. So... So, Spade's manager, Bobby Bennett, who I was just talking about, she also knew that Annie couldn't go to the police, so she offered Annie a divorce attorney. She's like, hey, like, I'll... Here's an option. Here's an option that you have. I know you can't go to the police. They're not going to help you. Also, people didn't take seriously people beating their wives then either. Right. They took it even less serious than they do now, I feel like. So, she's like, what the fuck am I going to do? But... You know, Bobby's trying to be like, hey, here's this attorney. Uh, Then Annie found out about all the abortions and she was like, oh, that's
2: it. That was her line.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just feel like it was like the last straw for her. She's like, so not only have you been kicking my ass for all these years, I know you've been cheating on me, but now I find out that you got all these women pregnant. Right. And had 10 illicit abortions. With all of these women, you know, go fuck yourself. I'm going to go to the tabloids and I'm going to sell this story. So now she
2: had a little leverage.
1: Yes. Now she had some leverage. Annie um, ended up getting some money from Spade. To keep quiet. To keep quiet, basically. Then she put Spade's house up for sale without his knowledge. And he hadn't even been living there. That's how she was pretty much able to do it. Because he'd been staying over at Ella May's house. Right. Because they've been hooking up for a while. So Annie's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to put the house on the market. Um, Get out of Dodge, basically. So this sent Spade into a rage. I mean, and I'm sure it was less about that, like, oh, that's my house. And more about how dare you try and trick me, woman. Right. That's the type of ego thing more. Yeah. That's the type of guy he was. So he was also a really vindictive person. Like he liked to play sick psychological mind games <laughs> and just do really petty fucking horrendous bullshit. So he had to get back at Annie for this. He hired a moving crew to move him and Ella into the house in the middle of the night while Annie was sleeping there with their son, John and the three of, or the four of them, cause they had their son, they ended up living together for six months Ugh. So this guy is just like, fine, you you know, oh, you want to live here? Yo,
2: okay, you, this is your house? All right, it's all of our house. Right, right, Like, right. that's what he did. Like So he suffered just to stick it to her. Yes. Because I'm sure it was very unpleasant for him. I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. His,
1: like, estranged wife is living in the house with him and his current... Right. pregnant girlfriend. And she was probably not
2: happy about it either. I mean... Oh, no.
1: She yeah. wasn't happy about it. But uh, in the book that I read, apparently the two women were actually cordial
2: to each other. Right. They... Uh, I mean, even if they're cordial, though, it's just an uncomfortable situation. It's awful. It right. fucking
1: sucks. And But Spade wasn't done terrorizing Annie. This is an insane story. <laughs> he, uh, Annie had just started dating this actor, and Spade really wanted to catch them hooking up in the act to basically I guess it was for the divorce to be like she's, she's fucking around. Like, yeah. It's not
2: just me. Right.
1: right. So he, you know, wanted something against her. And while he was at a gig in Bakersfield, LMA started having contractions. Like, holy shit, she's going into labor. Spade borrowed a beat up 1936 Buick from one of the other musicians at the gig and he raced back to LA. He picked up Ellen May at their home in North Hollywood with the promise of taking her to St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica. Which, come on. Like, why are you driving all the way to a
2: hospital in Santa Monica from North Hollywood? Right. That is very far. It's far. And there's a probably a close hospital that's good, too. I mean... Right. Well, of course, Spade
1: has to do things his way, and he mm-hmm. probably has an ulterior motive. Right. And he did. <laughs> so... <laughs> He picks up he picks up LMA in North Hollywood. On the way, they pick up his manager, Bobby Bennett, for some fucking reason. Like he just wants a fucking audience. Right. I guess. I don't know. And while driving past a Lover's Lane type area in Santa Monica, Spade spotted Annie's car. Like he purposely drove past this area right. with the hopes that she would be there
2: i mean what are the chances though that she would be there <laughs>
1: well it was a spot that spade had gone to with her i guess okay so, so uh, i mean yeah whatever but he was like obviously he wanted to he was well, trying he must to have had some her. kind of knowledge that that was a place they went i guess yeah. i mean he was also just fucking crazy and right. he was like you know he had been on the like hunt for a while right. and to i guess catch they didn't them. have a
2: place to fuck so they had to go to this lover's lane, right.
1: Thing? okay, right. So Spade drives by, sees them fucking skirt, like turns yeah. around, pulls up to the car, and the this Buick, by the way, is fucking busted. And it's like hissing and grumbling as it's approaching the
2: car he took, his friend's
1: car, yeah, yeah. his friend's car that he borrowed. So Annie and her new guy are like, "What the fuck?" And they see it's him, and they're able to escape before he gets out of the car and gets to them. Instead of continuing on to the hospital, Spade is like, "Oh no, we're going. We're fo- follow that car. <laughs> we're going." So they drive all the way back to North Hollywood. Ugh. Ella's in the back seat having fucking contractions. They mm-hmm. just drove all the way to Santa Monica, right? From North Hollywood. The hospital was right there. No, they're going back to North Hollywood now.
2: This is giving me like flashbacks to my childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Being around like a guy like that that was just so fucking psychotic and jealous. Oh my God. It's insane. He needed to go back to North
1: Hollywood because he was sure. He's like, well, if we catch, you know, they're going to fuck in the house. They're going to go back to North Hollywood and fuck in the house. And then I can really catch them in the act. This Buick he's driving is hanging on by a wing and a prayer at this point. I mean, it is like sputtering all over the place. It's like one of those cartoon right. cars from those old cartoons back in the day with like fucking black smoke coming out of it and shit. <laughs> it's like, it's so stupid. And when they got to the house in North Hollywood, Annie was nowhere to be found. Meanwhile, LMA is practically crowning yeah. at this point, but he doesn't give a shit. He's like, we're going to wait in the fucking car until they get back. And the three of them fell asleep in the car, spades behind the wheel. I don't know. This story is part of the reason this story is crazy to me is because in the book, they never explained, did, did the baby just fucking come out? Like, right. What happened? Like, when did she get to the hospital?
2: Right. I mean, how did she fall asleep? <laughs> I'm like baffled. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't think that's possible. It would seem like if she was in labor, you're not, especially back then when you're not on drugs or right. anything, like it's going to be kind of painful. I mean, maybe she yeah. didn't fall asleep, but Spade fell asleep yeah. at the wheel. Well, I believe wasted. that. <laughs>
1: so, okay. Just before the crack of dawn, Annie and her date returned to the house in her car, creeping along at five miles an hour so as not to be detected. She would have been able to sneak inside had her car not run over a cat's tail. <laughs> oh that's exactly what happened and
2: it i i honestly gotta love annie the fact that you have an insane person like that and you're still out there trying to fuck is amazing to me like that is pretty crazy totally like she's like i'm still gonna fuck (laughs) so also if she's going that slow the cat didn't move like i have questions (laughs)
1: look this whole chapter i read it read like a cartoon right because it's like a lot of things happening <laughs> it's a lot of things okay um, so the cat's it gets tail. more cartoonish by oh, the way good. i mean the next the next part's like very three stooges i feel like <laughs> <laughs> and this is fucking so stupid so the cat's like Row. and so i picture a spade like jumping he did alert he did and Ella
2: May is in the backseat going,
1: they're getting away! They're getting away! Cause what? She, Ella May, Stockholm Syndrome at this point. Right. She
2: wants... Well, she's to, probably like, we need to catch them so we can beat the shit out of her so I can go to the hospital. <laughs> at this point, she's just thinking ahead.
1: Right. That's probably, that's probably partially true, too. Annie and her date, they take off. Uh, Spade immediately hits the gas. Like, he guns it on the Buick, and the Buick just fucking falls apart. <laughs> like... <laughs> in the book it said that like the pistons shot out of the hood any <laughs> Get- <he> fred flintstones <laughs> <laughs> so he gets out of the buick he runs like fred flintstone oh my god to his his car uh-huh. that's in the driveway and he takes off the fucking hood that's on the car you know the like covering right and it's his souped up 1940 hot rod that he has and he gets in the car He gets the two girls out of the car. Get in the car. And he puts them in this car. Like, they're still along. They have to be along for this ride. And they find Annie and the date because they accidentally drove to a cul-de-sac. And we're like, "Uh uh-oh. Like... (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, I got you. You drove into a fucking cul-de-sac. Yeah. So Spade gets out of his car. He's fucking livid. He's ready to kick this guy's ass whoever's fucking his wife his estranged wife he gets up to the car he's like get out of the fucking car and the guy gets out and this guy is like twice the size of spade oh good he was like a former wrestler oh so he just beats the
2: shit out of spade he should have done that from the start <laughs> in santa monica this-
1: <laughs> i mean maybe he was getting his dick sucked or maybe. something and yeah I-, I don't know so he beats the shit out of spade And in the middle of this fight, Bobby Bennett tries, his manager is like, you guys, you guys, and is trying to break it up. And in the middle of her trying to break it up, Spade fucking punches her by accident. Like he swings to (laughs) hit the guy and it hits Bobby and she goes down, lights out for Bobby. Um, Meanwhile, Annie, while this brawl is happening, Annie Gets in the driver's seat of her car and just fucking rams her car into Spade's hot rod repeatedly, like going reverse, right, psh, psh, into his car, totaling it. It's a boy, no. <laughs> <laughs> dude. That's crazy. Well, Spade continued to be a success in his career. So at some point
2: the baby was born.
1: Yes, at some point the baby they never said in the book, oh, and by the way, this is the hospital where the baby was born. Right. They just eventually
2: let, eventually a baby
1: girl named Melody was born. Okay. That was their daughter that they had together. So Spade was very successful. He went on to host the Spade Cooley show in 1957. But by 1960 he decided that he was done with music and he was going to retire. And so Spade his wife LMA their 14-year-old daughter Melody and their 12-year-old son Donell Jr were all living together in the Mojave Desert 50 miles east of Bakersfield. By this point Spade was worth 15 million dollars. Really? Which in 1960 is a crazy amount of money. That's
2: insane he, is that just from tv
1: tv uh the gigs he was doing he was very successful right so spade was also honored with the star on the hollywood walk of fame that same year that he retired i assume it's still there i mean Probably. we have lots of awful people yeah still on the walk of fame
0: how old up
2: Visit betterhelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash HCS. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying?
1: it was Spade's dream of opening up a water park in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> it was called like Waterland or something. Okay. Uh, he was inspired by Walt Disney because Disneyland had opened up five years prior. And he wanted to make this basically the Disneyland of the desert, but it was like water themed. That's my nightmare. Personally, I could, I would fucking love to be on a water slide or in a pool right now. I am fucking schwitzing in this house with right. no AC
2: so but not in the middle of the desert not well. it's gonna be in the sun how are they gonna shade it that's true I mean I'm just thinking
1: he ended up he started buying property around the areas uh, around the area where he wanted to build the park and he even asked his friends Clark Gable and Errol Flynn for some investment money he was like talking this up this was like oh Spade's gonna open a water park Wait. this was like gonna happen basically but that plan did not pan out, obviously, and those reasons will become pretty clear in about a moment of why it <laughs> yeah. never came to fruition. Spades drinking grew worse and worse, and he began taking Thorazine, very uh, retro drug.
2: What is Thorazine exactly? Like a painkiller?
1: It's like a antipsychotic. Oh, but it also is like a like a relaxant of some uh-huh. kind. So it's it's not just like a a psych med where it's
2: almost like alcohol like a depressant yeah it's like a
1: depressant but he's taking it on top of drinking a lot so he's just fucked up all the time do we know his age at this point he's in his 40s okay
2: so he's young still maybe
1: he's 50 he was born in 1910 this is 1961 oh so he's in his 50s he's 50 yeah okay Spade continued to have affairs with other women and treat yes in the Mojave. Well, he would drive out to L.A. and <laughs> oh, like okay. whatever, He'd go into town, go into town, fuck a few <laughs> bitches, come back, treat his wife like garbage. Yeah, and she's stuck in
2: the Mojave Desert.
1: Yeah, I mean, isn't that typical? You right. uproot your
2: entire life for a man, move them in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. I mean, that is like a controlling asshole. It's thing classic. To do. Yeah. He isolated her
1: completely. Right. Spade's paranoia grew as he was convinced that Ella Mae was having an affair with her two friends, Bud Davenport and Luther Jackson, who were a gay couple. Oh. So he was convinced she's fucking those two homosexuals. Right. Like That's weird. Yeah.
2: Like his paranoia Like they were pretending to be homosexual to fuck women or something. Or that
1: they were such lecherous sinners. Right. That they, they could get it up anyone. for anyone. Yeah. Right. That was like his sort of idea. Uh, These guys, these men, who they were friends of Ella's, they lived together in Encino. By 1961, Ella May was in the stages of planning her escape from this marriage. In February of that year, she was hospitalized after suffering a nervous breakdown. She had attempted suicide one of the times she had slashed her wrists. Um, She told a nurse at the hospital that Spade threatened to kill her and the kids if she ever tried to leave him. So he's very escalated to be very violent at this point and right. she is completely scared terrified and feeling trapped and like there's no way out of this situation it was probably a respite for her to be in a hospital right to not be with him yeah to prepare for her escape ella may began sending money to bud davenport and luther jackson the couple that she was friends with for safekeeping for when so she'd she would, have some little nest egg or whatever right In March, while in the hospital, Ella spent 45 minutes on the phone with the couple. Meanwhile, Spade was trying to get a hold of her, but the line was busy, and this made him furious. He loved playing games with her, and he would say to her all the time, I know you're cheating on me, and try and beat the answer out of her, and she would swear up and down, I'm not cheating on you, because she wasn't. Right. And he would try and get her... To confess. To confess. Yeah. And he also liked playing these sick psychological games with her. He was telling her that he had been monitoring, like tapping all of her phone calls at the hospital. Right. While he hadn't actually been tapping the phone calls, he did hire a private investigator to spy on LMA at the hospital, as well as he had someone at the sheriff's department spy on her too and let him know what her outgoing and ingoing uh, incoming calls right? were when they were who they were from so he had some information she, to make her feel like exactly you know. uh, but he had her convinced that he was at, he actually had the recorded conversations he had just enough information that he
2: could fuck with her in that way right. and she didn't know and what she didn't to believe know probably what technology was available or like what he could actually get but he knew enough to scare her right yeah.
1: it was really fucked up and it was really fucked up that the sheriff's department agreed to this right I mean There was
2: no legal reason for them to do that.
1: No. Spade went to the home of Bud Davenport and Luther Jackson and decided to beat them up. Ugh. You know, you're fucking my wife, and they're like, we're gay. Yeah. And he beat the shit out of them. And because these men knew that Spade was connected with all the police in the area and they were gay, they're not about to go to the cops. No. So they went to um, they actually went to Bobby Bennett instead, and were like, "Your dude is out of control. Fucking beat us up, and we can't call the cops." You know. So Spade eventually would beat a false confession from Ella May about her alleged unfaithfulness to use against her in a divorce. On March twenty first in nineteen sixty one that year, Spade filed for divorce citing extreme cruelty. This is so typical of a guy like this. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Where they need to be the victim. Like, right. Yeah. She was cheating on me. My heart was broken. Mm. I couldn't help it if sometimes I fought back. Right. Like, this guy is a real piece of fucking work. That night, Spade beat Ella into signing over the deed to their house from a joint ownership to make Spade the sole owner. He also beat her up to get her to sign other financial documents. So he could still have complete control over her. I mean, he was going to yeah. have control over her to the end, financially, uh, physically, emotionally. Right. That was what he did. Spade would often beat up Ella May in front of their daughter, Melody, forcing the young girl to call her mother a whore and a slut. So he was also psychologically torturing their daughter in the process of this. A few days later, Spade asked a young violinist named Anita to marry him. And she thought he was joking, so she said yes. <laughs> I just thought that was fucking weird. It was like he's already, he needs to get married immediately after. Yeah, for he him wants to
2: have someone to control.
1: Yeah. On March 31st, Spade pushed Ella May out of a moving car. She was taken to the hospital, and Spade told the nurse that Ella had willingly jumped out of the car. But when Ella returned home on April 2nd, she told her daughter Melody that no, it was Spade who pushed me out of that car. On April 3rd, Spade went to see his business associate, Gerald Enfield. He brought the confession that he had beaten out of Ella, the written confession, and this is what his business associate said when he saw the confession from Ella. Yes, it's Ella May's handwriting, Spade, but I know how you got it. And Spade replied, what difference does it make as long as it's true? At 4 p.m. that day, the daughter Melody and her younger brother Donnell went to stay at a neighbor's house. It said neighbor's house in the book, but this person's house was actually 20 minute drive away. So I guess that's like the closest fucking house. In Mojave.
0: Yeah, yeah. they're
1: like in the middle of nowhere. So when I say neighbor's house, just know. They're not next door. They're not next door. It's like the next closest person who lives by. And they were friends of the family as well. They wanted to spend the night and Spade said it was okay. At 6 p.m., Ella called Melody at the neighbor's house to come home. But Melody didn't want to go back to the house. And Spade said, well, that's okay, Melody. I know you don't want to see your mother. So he's trying to emotionally right. manipulate her. And Melody did want to see her mom. She just didn't want to go back to the fucking house with, to be around her dad. So... Melody felt guilty because Spade had said that right in front of. She the could mom. hear him yeah. in the room saying that, you know. And she's like, "I do want to see you, Mom. I do. Right. I do want to see you." Aww, that's so sad. Yeah. So she got a ride from the neighbor lady uh, to go to the house, and while Melody was on the way to the house, Spade beat LMA worse than he had ever beat her before. This is a description of what Melody walked into the scene that Melody walked into when she finally arrived at the house. This is a a court document. The victim's body was covered with multiple bruises and abrasions. Her left eye was blackened, her nose bruised, her lips bruised and split. There were cracks on the chin, injuries to her neck, shoulder, chest, hips, arms, wrist, legs. There was an abrasion on the right side Of the right breast, the nipple was blackened and discolored and partially separated from the breast. There were bloodstains on the floor in the living room. A broken cup in the living room contained bloodstains and female hair which resembled the victims. In the bedroom, there were bloodstains on the floor in front of the desk. Impact or splatter type bloodstains on the pillowcase, on the sheets, and on the box spring cover of the bed and on a water tumbler on the desk. There were bloodstains on a rifle in the bedroom and on the upper part of an ashtray stand, as well as blood splatters on the bedroom walls and on the appellant's trousers. Deep bruising of the muscles of the neck, a break in the hyoid bone, and a break in the thyroid cartilage in front of the victim's windpipe indicate that she was strangled. A clump of hair forcibly removed from her head was found near the foot of the bed. There was bloody material in the victim's vaginal and rectal orifices and splits in both the vaginal and anal rectal mucous membrane. A broom was found in the bedroom, which contained a uniform deposit of mucous substance with some blood extending five or six inches down the handle. Four fragments of blonde, bloody hair were embedded in the fibers of the broom handle. And this hair resembled the victim's. Expert testimony showed that these stains could not have been placed on the handle by hand contact. Contact blood stains on the bedding were consistent with mutilation of the anal and vaginal area and with the broom handle. So, this is pretty gruesome. Right. Um, so, Melody arrives at the house. Spade was on the phone when she arrives. Uh, before she sees her mom, Spade's on the phone, and he's on the phone with uh, one of his friends named Beale. Melody heard him say, Beal, don't call the police. Gets off the phone, and Melody says, Are the police coming? Spade says yes. But he wants her to go look at her mother first. When Melody got to her mother, he found, uh, she found her naked, slumped over in the shower. And Spade coolly, he said, Get up, LMA," But she didn't answer Spade dragged Ella's body out of the shower, banging her head twice on the way out. Spade then told Melody that she had one minute to lift up her mother off the floor or she would have to watch him kill her. Melody was unable to lift her mother up, so Spade delivered two blows to her stomach with his foot when he was wearing boots.
2: To Melody?
1: To the mom. Oh, to the mom. To Ella Mae. Uh-huh. Ella Mae died within 20 minutes. So she was practically dead. He just finished her. He just Uh finished her off in front of the daughter. Next, Spade took Melody on his lap and he kissed her passionately. Like, not like you would kiss a daughter. Then he grabbed her breast and informed her that now she would be taking over for her mother. Melody froze, you know, and was terrified. How old is she again? 14? 14. Uh So she got out of it in that situation immediately. She said, I think I'm going to turn the shower off because the right. shower was still running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, I'm just going to go turn the shower off. And she gets out of it. And um, I mean, she's like, she needs to escape now. And she knows that the neighbor lady is going to come pick her up again. And, you know, because she... Minutes. Yeah, because she just said, can you drop me off here for like 20 minutes while I go talk to my mom?
2: Yeah.
1: And so... Melody's looking out the window, waiting for um, Mrs. McCorder to arrive to get the fuck out of there. And when she did arrive, Melody, you know, ran out the door and she told her everything. She's like, my dad just murdered my mom and this is what he did. Like she told her everything that had happened. When Spade ended up making a statement to the sheriff's department at 3 a.m. on April 4th, so like that, you know, yeah. that night, practically, uh, he claimed that Ella Mae had fallen in the shower and that he had beat her in a blackout because she was unfaithful to him. So he's admitting that he killed her, but he's still trying to put the blame onto her. Onto her. Spade was arrested and booked at Kern County Jail. The trial ended up being a month long, and it was a pretty wild trial because he was really famous this guy was pretty fucking famous and of course there always is but he had plenty of fans who stuck by him of course and were like he didn't mean it or he didn't do
2: it or well that cheated on him
1: right i mean just like (laughs) the same fucking bullshit that happens today with people who are so starstruck they don't want to believe their idol
2: is bad
1: um spade was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison but instead of going to San Quentin, where he should have gone, he was sent to a much more comfortable prison in Vacaville. Spade had a pretty good time while he was in prison because, you know, he was friendly with law enforcement. Like, they yeah. were friends with him. They knew him. So he got, like, a cush prison. Totally. He was able to walk around whenever he wanted, basically. Like, he had free reign to pretty much do whatever he wanted. He ate with the guards so he had better food. Ugh. And this place is a lot cushier than San Quentin. And of course, you know, and he had money, yeah. too. And he was famous. So uh, here's a piece of information that about someone that sent me into a fucking rage spiral last night when I read it. In 1969, Ronald motherfucking Reagan, who was one of Spade's old pals and he was the newly appointed governor of California ordered for the release of spade cooley what
2: yes what? <laughs> i had no fucking idea like I it's don't... funny when you were initially talking about him i was like oh i wonder if he was like friends with ronald reagan because i think he was seemed like at the same level yes they like, were the same yeah. level they were on set
1: palling around together all the time and then right. he becomes governor and he's like oh i
2: get my friend spade out yeah he had an un- raw deal that's like, right
1: meanwhile yeah. ronald reagan is like the fucking death penalty politician right like talk about and like oh, there was no shortage of details either
2: about this trial exactly you know what he did yeah we all know what it he. it wasn't did. like an accidental hit and run or something like that where it's like well i don't know maybe he he's sober now and <laughs> Do you no, I mean? there,
1: is like, no yeah. there is no forgiving yeah. there yeah. is no forgivingness at all there's no
2: forgivingness. And just of who this guy has been his entire life. Yeah. The- well, not only that, but Reagan set himself up, like you said, as this law and order. Right. Yeah. Uh, you so know, it's just doubly hip- Zero
1: tolerance. Yeah. To read So this, did he
2: give him clemency or whatever? Pardon? Uh, he ordered his
1: release and like an early parole is because he was sentenced to life. So he ordered. But for- he had a parole hearing every so often. Right. Yeah, but yeah. he wanted him to be like released uh-huh. in February 1970. So that's like the next year, basically.
2: So he was in prison for not very long, like nine, nine years. Or well, so, he or was arrested. Eight years, maybe? Yeah, probably depending. Well, yeah, the trial was only
1: a month. I don't know how long. So it somewhere took for along the those lines, right? Less than a decade, he was yeah. in prison, and uh, so he was set to be released February 1970. But in November of 1969, Spade was granted a 72-hour furlough to perform at some bullshit benefit concert for the Deputy Sheriff's Department in Oakland. What? Yes, for those of you for those of you who don't know what furlough is, it's basically where you get released on a, like a very special occasion for some very special circumstance right. from prison for like a few days. Yeah,
2: and usually it's not for a murderer.
1: No. Like- <laughs> And usually it's for like my son died or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Not a benefit concert. Not a fucking benefit, dumb fucking country music bullshit concert yeah. for the fucking cops. Right. Of course it was for the cops. Like they're like, sure, come on it's down. It's literally
2: usually like my wife is dying of cancer in the hospital one last visit or something. Like right. I mean, this is just how corrupt. It is. It is. It's an unfair system. It is so clearly. unfair and
1: it's so, it's sickening. Like, I mean, I'm like. Raging, yeah, reading this book uh, that's this week.
2: A pretty brutal murder. I mean, it's unforgivable.
1: It's like there's no way any no normal okay. person does
2: that. no That's a bad person. No, yeah.
1: So of course the place was packed. It was like, woo, let's Spade Cooley's back. <laughs> you know, let's fucking see this fucking gigantic fucking asshole. Yeah, play his fiddle. Yeah, his mediocre fiddle music. We're <laughs> gonna have a great time. <laughs> fucking eat deviled eggs
2: oh man i know that must have been the jankiest fundraiser
1: <laughs> well he got a standing ovation lovely well yeah lovely i should have wrote it's that in my great notes. moment for him i'm sure
2: <laughs> i'm back baby
1: during intermission he was backstage where he had a heart attack and died
2: oh good yeah i mean i'm sad it wasn't more brutal But I am happy he never got to be free.
1: (laughs) I'm sad he wasn't on stage having explosive diarrhea all over the cops. Yeah. Like they got the explosive diarrhea on them. Yeah. And he died while having explosive
2: diarrhea. It's sad that he had sort of a nice pain. Painless. I mean, I don't know
1: about heart attacks, but like still, that's pretty quick. It could be quick. Yeah, It was
2: during intermission. No. Yeah. That's Spade Cooley wow i didn't know he died on furlough yeah that's insane i love that he died right before he was gonna get released that's amazing because i was like when you were telling me this i was like i don't remember him being free in the story right (laughs) do you know what i mean right not that i necessarily would but i had heard the story before right um that's gross reagan sucks dude he fucking blows that's like so how what How do you? How can you even? How is that that? something that you care about? Right. Like that's like a brutal beating and torture. He tortured her for hours. Right.
1: Or like for not hours. He tortured her their entire relationship. Well, yeah. There was plenty of evidence because in the I read the entire court transcript, and in the court transcript. They detailed all of the fucked up shit that he did to her throughout their entire relationship. There's stuff I didn't even put in here because it was too much information. Like there, were, it was so long. There yeah. was so much of the information, right. and it was like, okay, I get it already. Like,
2: and he was friends with all the cops. He was That's friends so with the cops. Irritating. Like, all the I cops. wanted him to have like more justice. There was no justice in this story. Like I wanted him to be like him get the shit beat out of him or shot by Annie. Like she comes back into the picture. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I end that movie is he shot by Anne. She shows up at the fundraiser. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, See, that you know,
1: would have been good. Script. But I still want him to have diarrhea. Right.
2: All over the cops. Both. He could do it both. And then she, she comes in. She's like, I'm actually putting you out of your misery. <laughs> and she shoots him. Right. That's the one last shot. And right. He, he squirts out one more shot of diarrhea I from wonder, the gun when he I, dies. And then
1: <laughs> I want a little kid to stand up in the back and say... When you're standing on the stage and your ass begins to rage,
2: diarrhea. Right. That would be the, we write like a few verses of diarrhea songs and then he becomes Yodel Boy. Like he becomes the next yeah. star. Yeah. It's his big break. That's See, such, come on. Yeah. That's a way better ending that's a way to better this. Ending. If it doesn't end in the diarrhea story, I'm not interested. <laughs> a diarrhea song needs to right. be the punctuation to every right. evil asshole's life. Right. I feel like. Come on. I agree. Wow. What a piece of shit i um, reagan too Ugh. can She's you just like just
1: everyone all the men and authority figures and well no i shouldn't say all the men all the authority figures
2: in this right because i like the guys who beat up spade although they might have been bad guys too i'm sure but that, that everyone like, those seems were their like, shining moments
1: but the couple that was helping lma they were good guys
2: oh yeah those are sort of the heroes of those the story. were like the
1: heroes of the story and i'm glad they got
2: the money I'm
1: At glad least. they did too, but they. I feel, they, like, I feel yeah, like Ella would want. Them she to would have it. wanted them to have the money, and also she trusted them enough to.
2: Right, they were probably her only.
1: They were her yeah. lifeline. I yeah. mean, like Ella would communicate with her sister as well, but her sister didn't live there she, in the area, so right, she really was helpless. And like I said before, with this couple being a gay couple, it's like they didn't. You couldn't They were
2: all helpless in a way.
1: Everyone was helpless and no one could really go to the cops because this guy was so fucking connected. Yeah. And everyone knows how corrupt they are.
2: This is terrible.
1: Isn't it awful? But I'm trying to reprogram my brain to just like think about the ending that we just created. Yes. Yes.
2: Those were his last thoughts. A child mocking him for having diarrhea. (laughs) And he struggled to get one last punch in, but he died, and he his last his last vision of himself was sharding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's I feel great. like, yeah, let's focus on that. Let's focus, let's focus on, on the positive. Right. right. And right. then Charles Lawton came. And <laughs> sorry. <And> then, <laughs> with a crusty French. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, well,
0: okay. On so that l- note,
2: let's see what would, okay. Yeah. That was an episode. Okay. And All then, <laughs> So yeah, go check out our Facebook group and we'll be picking out our episodes and posting it by tomorrow. Yeah, by tomorrow. So, we'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, awesome. Bye. Okay, bye.
0: How up?